What's up, y'all? It's the world famous Ben Lopez. Right here. Hey, you're now listening to the Sounds of the Scramble Life Podcast. Are you ready? Hell yeah. All right, here we go. Yes, yes, back again with episode number 19 of the Scramble Life Podcast. This is your boy G and got my boy L Scratch on the other line. What's up, L? Yeah. L has been a very busy man over the last few days. He's, uh, as many of you may know, he, he had records out back in the day, around 94. So actually, he had records before that. We talked about that in the other episode, but... We're talking about the latter part there around 94, but he's been doing a lot of things here lately, and I know he released something on YouTube within the last three or four days. It's a record produced by Large Professor. Now, if you don't know who Large Professor is, you can look him up online. Uh, he produced hits for Nas. Uh, he was in the group The Main Source. If you remember the song, Looking at the Front Door, that's him rapping on that record. Uh, he produced for like many, many, many other people, especially in recent years. I mean, he's put out projects of his own with his instrumental beats, him rapping on the project, so on and so forth. So it's a new track out, and Al's about to tell you about his track. He's been getting a lot of love from different people within the hip-hop community and also just fans around the world on the single, actually. And it's like no, not bullshit. It's all organic. So he's going to tell you a little bit about this project he's doing, and let's just focus on this single. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> there you go. You good? You all right over there, G? I'm good, man. I'm focused. No doubt. Yo, Supreme Salute, man. Thank you for that uh, plug. But, uh, yeah, true legend, Large Pro, touched down and uh, blessed me with a, you know, incredible track. And it's been getting some uh, traction out there. But, um, you know, just working on some pieces as a hip-hop artist and somebody who's just a lover. What's the name of, of the track? The uh, track is called uh, Be Original, you know, Be original. because... Go Google, yeah, go search, of, pause this and go search it right now. Uh, yeah, go search that. Be original mm -hmm. by L Scratch, produced by Large Professor. Go on ahead, man. You can talk. Yeah, so be original. The whole thing is uh, just about you know being original. That's really what it is in a nutshell, and not copying or emulating what you see out there in the world. Just going towards your inner and being yourself, being who you truly are. You know, just me as a elder in the, in the game it's like you know hip-hop is a part of my life it's the culture that i grew up in here in new york city and um a lot of people put a time frame on the fact that a rapper or mc has this lifespan of x amount of years but you know i'm here to you know diffuse all of that because you know as a writer as an author if you feel creative juice is flowing you should always write and that's just basically what i'm doing and i'm being original in my own state to make sure that i'm bringing forth how I feel as though I want to be received by the public. And it's been getting a lot of, you know, a lot of love, man. So salute, G. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. So once again, if people want to reach out to you on social media, where can they reach you at on Instagram, where they can reach you at on Facebook or whatever, you know, uh, YouTube, what's your usernames? Al Scratch, A-L-S-K-R-A-T-C-H. That's on IG. Uh, official. Al Scratch on Facebook. You know, Twitter, Al Scratch, everything Al Scratch. It's the real Al Scratch. There's a couple of other Al Scratches out there that uh, a couple of my followers was let me know about. He was getting at them. But, yeah, yeah, I'm the original Al Scratch from the 80s, 80s baby. Am uh, I 80s baby? Here? No, no, I'm not an 80s baby, you, but you I grew up. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm Generation X, ain't I? 
<laughs> something like that. I don't know. I don't keep up with that stuff. <laughs> you know, but the se- I started off the second verse by saying flamboyant new millennial. So I'm new millennial. That's the that's what I'm creating. I'm new millennial. Okay. I got you. I got you. All right. So in other news, the COVID thing is still going on. Uh, we learned this morning that Marvin Hagler, boxing legend, Marvin Hagler died from the side effects of taking the vaccine. Here we go. All right. Rest in peace to him. But see, I would like to know which one did he take. So everything I've been reading, not to say that I've read everything, but it seems like Moderna, Moderna is the dirty one. Mm-hmm. It seems like that Moderna is that, the, is that the three-step one? That's the one with three phases or something? I think it might be two, but you that might be the one where you might want to take a booster, like a follow-up or some shit like that. So you got Moderna, you got Pfizer, and you got Johnson & Johnson out there. So that's what's going on with that. But, yeah, rest in peace to him. And I, but I definitely would like for it to come out in the media um, as far as what he was, which one he took, you know. Because uh, you think about it now, Crazy. Like, we're a year into this shit now. Uh, this time, Absolutely. this right. time one year ago was when it all kicked off, and I remember how it was out in the media. You start seeing all these reports, and I remember the NBA they shut down. That was just real wild, and you couldn't get shit in the stores. Yeah. You couldn't get toilet paper. Paper towels, mm-hmm. hand sanitizer, because everything just hit so quick. I remember I was supposed to work. I think that Friday I was supposed to work a WWE event and or a Blue Man show, and they were short of people. And that was for my little, you know, labor union thing or whatever. But yeah, that shit. That was a, those were the last shows. That was the WWE's actually. That was their last TV taping with a full crowd. And that was here in Buffalo. But anyway, mm. yeah. So yeah, that was a year ago, and here we are now. We we got the vaccine. Everybody probably won't have it till probably early April, May. So that's where that shit is at right now. So it is what it is, man. So Moderna out there still killing people. Um, let's see. What was you doing when the pandemic shit went down? Was you when at? the pandemic shit down, my brother was uh and his wife was supposed to come over from uh Europe and visit yeah. and uh I was basically letting him know that he should definitely reconsider, cancel those flights, and not come over here because shit was popping off. Right. So, you know, we wanted to get together because, you know, at that time, I think um, it was actually around, when is Ash Wednesday and all that, you know, shit, they Fat Tuesday and all that. It was around that time. Right. You know, um, but it was kind of like mind-boggling because it was like, well, listen, this is like, I don't know if it's the preliminary to Easter or whatever. It was a big celebration that was supposed to be happening. I, th- I know some people I knew went down to Miami. It was Carnival Festival, whatever. It was a party time. And it was like, he was like, yo, but we got, I said, yo, bro, I'm hearing some shit about some shit that you do not want to be in a cabin for seven, eight hours traveling to America with other motherfuckers from around the world who you don't know what they breathing with your little daughter. Right. And then he said, he said, okay, and they shut it down. And you know what's crazy? About I think two months back, they just got their refund refund from the uh, from the airline. So I, I, I thank God that you know I was thinking that hey, 
yeah. and said, yo, don't do it. You know what I'm saying? Because they hadn't shut everything down at that point. So that that's what I was doing, G. I was really concerned about what was happening. And of course, you know, on April 1st, I had a homie that actually did pass away and die. April I spoke 1st. to him while he was in the hospital down in Miami. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like it hit so hard and quick. It was like, oh, this, this is real deal? Yeah. You know? That's what it was. Well, yeah. That's crazy. I mean, luckily... I don't know anybody that I know of that passed away from it so far, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting. But yeah, I, you know, being I mean, it's been people I know that allegedly got it or whatever that I know of. But uh, right, you know, that's pretty much that. But yeah, we we a year into this shit, and we'll see what happened within the next twelve months. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. And that's so all. To, uh, Marvin Hagler, man. Mar- Marvin Hagler, oh, great yeah. fighter, boxer, straight out of Jersey. And I'm pretty sure he. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure his body, his physical frame was in shape. So, you know, that lets you know, like, watch out with these vaccinations. And I said this in episode, I think, three or four. Like, I, yo, I don't know, man. Don't know. We just don't, know. don't fucking know. We don't know what this shit is or, you know, but you got to take it if you want to move around. Bottom line. You know what I mean? You can mm-hmm. sit, sit in the, If you can sit in the house all day and do whatever and ain't got to go nowhere, okay, you ain't got nothing to worry about but if you're trying to travel go to events yeah you're gonna have to take this shit but moving on uh we got a story here that kind of burns me up and this shit's been going on for a while uh-oh uh, go a little shit like this carnell alexander walked into the frank murphy hall of justice knowing in moments he could lose his freedom. I stayed up all night, couldn't sleep, thinking about it. Carnell is a wanted man because he refuses to do what the state orders and pay child support for a child that DNA tests prove isn't his, a child he doesn't even know. I haven't even had a chance to really speak to him except for one time when we took the DNA test. Nonetheless, right now, under the law, he's a deadbeat dad. Today, he turned himself into the judge's order. Scared because I've been before this judge before. But this time he had attorney Cherica Harris, who volunteered to help after seeing his story on 7 Action News. The judge said he will not go to jail for today. Thank you. Thank Ms. Harris. And hope that we can resolve this soon. I'm just trying to help him with his future. Though the threat of jail is on hold, it is not over. Carnell Alexander still owes more than $30,000 to the state for a child that's not his because the mom wrote his name down because she needed to name someone in order to get welfare benefits. And I had to put him down as the father. That was the only way I could get the system. Now. I'm almost homeless. I'm almost in jail. I'm out of work. My money is being threatened to be taken. Carnell isn't just worried about how this is impacting him. He says the law needs to be changed. So when this happens, as it often does, other men don't become dad by default. We can be defaulted into being a father of a child that is not ours. I don't understand that law, but it, it is a law in place. Carnell Alexander walked. So this is over in the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we got to be careful. we got to be careful out here. Yeah, that's crazy. Just by association and what may have happened. And she Queens, a- man. Any 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 Queens that's listening, please, man. Listen, sisters. It's listen. Come on, man. Don't 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 do that. I mean, I mean. That sister sound is so desperate and there's help for you. 
there's help. You ain't got to put somebody else through misery and torture and trauma like that. Right. You could, there's external sources. You could get some assistance. I mean, wow. That's, that story is crazy, G. Yeah, it's real crazy, but it's going on all over the country. And it's Feel bad for the brother, man. Terrorist, straight up terrorist, man. It's one guy out here that's been going around doing interviews and stuff. I think he called himself Child Support Man or something like that. Uh, he was <clears> he was on Greg Adams one day, but he gets into the whole thing about you know just the laws and child support and the kickback the judges and the government gets from all the cases and this that and the other. So this whole shit is, it ain't about the kids. It's a big ass game and. You know, they create these programs where people get kicked back off of that, so on and so forth. So it's, it's a lot with this shit. But, fellas, just be careful out here. Be careful out here. and Just be careful. <laughs> Got to be careful, man, because this shit is just wrong. But it happens, man. It happens. You know what I'm saying? So I got a question for you right quick. How frugal are you? You know, a social media uh, a social media post with tips for saving money suggested uh, this way to get a free container of the de- deodorant a year. Next time you finish a container of deodorant, <laughs> take a nail right or a file or something, and, and you know, just or a small knife and put it in a clean glass and scrape it out of there and put it in a heavy plastic jar. Scoop out the deodorant and remains and put it in a jar. Save the deodorant container. Repeat this every time you finish a stick of deodorant. When you have enough scraps, as they call it, to fill the empty container, melt the scraps in a microwave. Stir the blend and pour into an empty deodorant container, and you can mix the brands. And that's how you can create deodorant. Now, do you think that's a very cheap person right there doing that? I think that's ingenious. First of all, just the concept of thinking of that process is incredible. Let's just deal with that first. Yeah. But as far as being cheap, I mean, you know, people have to be economical. We living in the days and times where everybody ain't got it. And a lot of money is being spent and wasted on products. It's like you just, you don't need, honestly speaking. Right. Let's just talk about makeup. Let's just talk about, you know, uh, extensions, hair, and all that extra stuff that it's like, it's billions of dollars being spent on these things where it's like, yo, listen, if somebody wants to cut back and make their own deodorant or even their own soap, I saw a lady on YouTube, she made her own uh, detergent. How'd she do and that? And it was from natural, yeah, it's from natural sources. I mean, it's a little time consuming, but guess what? Her clothes are clean, they smell good, and she's not spending fifteen ninety nine for 32 ounces of Tide. Right, right. So I salute that. I salute that because I'm from old school era, G. Listen, we cut a bar of soap in half, and that's what you use in a tub. You don't need a whole wait, big wait, bar wait, soap. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up, hold up. Is that some New York City shit? I ain't never heard that one before. Say that again. Yeah, nah, that ain't New York. That's Burgard, North Carolina. That's down <laughs> south. That's black. That's cold. That's Hold up, hold up. Cut a bar of soap in half and do what with it? And use it. You don't need a whole big bar of soap because, remember, the the size of the bars of soap now have shrunk. Right. Years ago, they were, they were much larger. Right. Mm-hmm. So listen, a smart parent or grandmother like my grandmother would say, listen, y'all boys don't need this whole big soap because what we're going to do, we're going to leave it in the water. It's going to dissolve. Y'all going to waste it. Right. I'm going to cut this soap in half. That's going to be enough for you. And it's going to last with a whole month or two or whatever it is. And then you're going to use the other half as opposed to me giving you this whole big bar and it's going to be gone in three weeks. 
right. smart. It may only save 30 cents or whatever it was, but the fact that we're thinking economically, this is how people become millionaires and billionaires. Right. All right? We, we laughing at it and say, oh, you're frugal. You're, yeah, how do you think those people that's in those high positions get there? Everybody yeah. don't inherit money like that. You, got you that have right. to be strategic with your finances and apply what we call discipline and dedication and save those pennies, which then accumulate to become a dollar. And salute to all the frugal people out there. Seriously. I'm one of them. Me too. I'm one of them. Shit. I'm going to save every dollar I can get. You know what I do that's frugal? Like when I go to the market, they got the meat Mm -hmm. sitting out there. So you got your chicken, your steaks or whatever, this, that, and the other. And I learned this from my landlord when I was living in Seattle. But she said, always Mm. watch out for them tags on the meat. Them clothes out there. Watch out for the tags? Yeah, because you, okay, so it could be a steak, and that shit is normally like 8 or $10, right? But when they put the mm-hmm. yellow sticker on there, or maybe orange or red sticker on there, it could be $5. It could be $3, something like that. Mm-hmm. So she taught me mm-hmm. a tag game, so I, I watch it over here in this neighborhood all the time. Right? Watch them tags, because you might get like three or four chickens or some shit, man, for $10. You know, because they all been tagged, because they got to get rid of them, because they got the new shipment coming in. So you see chicken. Well, let me ask you this. Fish, so on and so forth. Yeah. That's my now, is that, is that to, That's dope, though. But is that to say that that meat is just not so fresh? You because know, that's no, what we're talking I'm, about. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The neighborhood I live in, I don't think they really going to go for that shit. This ain't no corner store shit in the city. Now, I've bought meat from them places where you open it up. Yeah, this shit smell old. I think I got a okay. pretty good sense of old meat. So, like, over here, they, I don't think they're going to go for that anyway too much. But, yeah, they need to get rid of it. But, of course, I've bought several pieces like that, and I smell it. Okay, it's good. But that's just what I buy, you know? Okay. I mean, right, I buy, right. buy fresh shit too, of course. But just mm-hmm. not saying what I'm buying ain't fresh. But, shit, they got to get rid of it. So, I, I, look, I look for the closeout tags. That's my frugal shit. One of them. Copy, copy. One of many. That, that's like <laughs> <laughs> one of many, exactly. Shit. You know, I jump on the Greyhound. I jump the on the Greyhound bus in a heartbeat. Well, maybe not with COVID, but shit. Back in the days, you would shit yeah. fifty nine ninety nine. Let's fuck, go, baby. Man, come on now, because you fuck around with the train, which I like. Shit, something that's fifty nine gonna cost about two hundred or something. So, right, right. They do the same thing here in Chinatown, though. Where you'll have your fresh fruit, and then they'll have the fruit that's been there for a few days, where you'll get. That's just hypothetically say five oranges for two dollars, right. as opposed to you know two oranges for two fifty. That's right. That's because it's older and it's going, you know, it's going bad. They don't want to throw it away, yep. but you know they can sell it at a more more of a discount to the people. Yep. Go ahead and get rid of that. So yeah, that's my cheap shit. And, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, it's a whole bunch. Hit of us up, things. man. Hit us up. What, what's, what, what, let them know what the the, the uh, email is, G, and let us know if they frugal and what how they go about you know being frugal. Because yeah, I know there's many other ways to be frugal. Yeah, the email is the scramble life at gmail.com. That's the scramble life at gmail.com. And that's where you want to send all your requests and answer things like this. Like, just how frugal are you? So tell us how cheap you are. We'll mention it in the episode maybe one day. So, what we're going to do right now, we're going to move on from that and we're going to talk about this Biggie movie. So, it's a new Biggie movie out on Netflix. What's the name of the movie? I got a story to tell. I got a story to tell. So you saw the movie, and what did you think of it? I didn't. I didn't see it yet. I thought it was pretty cool. It gave us a lot of insight to a lot of the stuff 
a lot of us who in the hip hop culture probably already know about Big because how many times can the same story be told over and over? But I think it more shed light on some personal uh, things where his mom was involved. I'm not sure if this, this was the one that she actually co-signed, but this seemed a little more in-depth and involved specifically to him growing up, being a child. They went, I don't want to give away too much, but they went, you know, to his background and where he was from in Jamaica. So it, it, it gave you a sense of the human being, the person, and not just the rap star artist with the killing and the murder and the Tupac, everything. So yeah. it was good in that fashion. I loved it. Right, right. Okay. So I'm definitely going to have to check that out because his first album, which I'm sure a lot of this was talked about in the movie, uh, Ready to Die, that was released on September 13th, 1994. Mm. Uh, Juicy was released. That was the first single, which was released on August 9th, 94. Now, they, I remember they were doing the promo work for that like a couple of weeks before August. So they probably may start promoting that in May or something like that or June. So I remember... Mm-hmm. Getting all the promos for, for, for that the initial stuff. I got all the promos from uh, Brother Michael X. Uh, he was a Nation of Islam brother. Stayed mm. between New York and Toronto. He also managed to sell the dwellers back then, if you remember them. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he had got that record to me and, and all the other stuff. Uh, Big Papa, Warning. And Warning. Big Papa was released on December 24th in 94. And One More Chance was released in 95, summer of 95, June 6th. 95 now your album mm-hmm. it was kind of running right along with Biggie and all his stuff so your album came out August 2nd 94 so you were like uh, about a month or so before his release and that's when your shit came out right. your single was being pushed earlier in the year also so you kind of had a jump start on his situation but you met and also you were on two projects that he was featured on you was on the New Jersey Drive soundtrack not on the song with him, but you, you guys had a song on there, and he also had to join on there with Toto. Right, right. That was Can't You right. Say Right, I think it was. And then you guys, yeah. you, know, you were on the same song with him on the Point soundtrack. Correct. All right, along with Buster and Buckshot and I think Bone and... Uh, I think I think it was the Panther soundtrack. The name of the song was The Points, but yeah, that was the it. Points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Points was the name of the song. The movie was Panther. Which is hard to find mm-hmm. out there. If you guys want to look for it, you can look for it. He took it down. It's too black. It's too strong. Yeah, it it's Chuck D. It's P.E. It's all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So with Biggie, I mean, tell me about some experiences you had with Biggie. Since I know you guys crossed paths out there during that time period. I mean, tell me a story and give me something. No, I don't really have a story to tell. Right. You just Per se, but, you know, just a cool brother. I mean... Whenever I, whenever I built with Big, it was never about the industry or, you know, game or anything like that. It was more because, see, Big know, Big know my people through the school he went through. So my cousins, they know Big, they know C's. Um, so it was always just, you know, laughing and giggling, you know, being silly. But um, I, I got, I got one, I guess it's not a story, it's just a situation to where, you know, we was away on tours. We were somewhere. I forget the city, the town, wherever we was at. And, uh, you know, after the show, you know, artists usually, they don't travel in the same van per se, but they usually get back to the hotel around the same time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back then, they would have what they call after parties. Right. But um, Big Big was always, you know, from my encounters, I'd never seen him going to the after parties. He would always be going back to his room, and it was one 
one time where, you know, we had some things in the lobby and things, you know, moving and shaking and we had some, some you know, some roles and was like, yo, big, what's up? You want to boom, boom, boom? He was like, no, nah, I'm going to go, I'm going to just go to the room and, you know, get back to these lyrics. And that was, that was something to me just as an MC, a rapper, you know what I'm saying? Stood in my mind, like, he's focused. You know what I'm saying? Like, he really did have a big plan. Now, it was only him getting back to the room. Maybe C's and everybody else was, you know, doing what they was doing. But that let me know, like, yo, I'm good. Cause, you know, plus we had to get up early in the morning. Nobody want to be tired like that. So, you know, it was just a lot. He, he was a funny dude, man. Just a, 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 a comedian, really, you know. Right. But, gee, when we grew up back then, everybody snapped on each other. That was, right, that right. was like the norm. You know what I'm saying? That was like regular... Yeah, that was that's what it was, man. But that's all I got with Big. It's nothing crazy, you know. All right, so that's your story with Big. I, I can dig it. Uh, so let's say that album came out once again on September thirteenth, nineteen ninety four. All right, so I'm gonna go into my life a little bit right now. So we're gonna take it back to a year or so before that release date. And I had to talk to somebody on the phone because I was told I needed to hear this person's vision and put it out to the world. Wait a minute. You talking about a phone interview and not a FaceTime interview? There was no video? Wait a minute. You talking about just audio? Just audio on the telephone. Classic. So somebody, somebody I had to tell the world about somebody's vision and, and it went a little something like this, y'all. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Um, now first, I'm going to ask you, what's it like being VP um, of a and for Uptown MCA? I mean, you know, it feels good. I feel blessed. I feel privileged. You know, I'm also proud. You know what I'm saying? But I, to be honest, during this day and age, during this day and age. Oh, shit. You know, cut it off. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. What happened to it? Shit ain't playing. <clears throat> that was dope. You heard all the background noise and all that. It was, it was, yo, y'all was busy back then, boy. Yeah, I was busy. We gonna start it from the top. Hold on a minute. <sighs> Technical difficulties, y'all. Technical difficulties here. But yeah, it's that, what we go through as DJs, you know. We always figure out ways to get the audio back to the people. Nah, I, tr- I tried to play it off the drive, and that's where it froze up at. So my bad, y'all. My bad, my bad, my bad. Let's see what we got here. Can you hear me? All right. All right. Um, now, first, I'm going to ask you, what's it like being VP um, of a and for Uptown MCA? I mean, you know, it feels good. I feel blessed. I feel privileged. You know, I'm also proud, you know what I'm saying? But I, to be honest, during this day and age, during this day and age, I'm just real happy to have a job. Really? You know really? Because, I mean, I got so many friends that graduated out of school and everything. You know, they don't even have jobs. Uh, so, you know, I'm, 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 so I feel blessed and I'm real grateful as far as that. Right. It definitely feels good. Okay, that's cool. Now, how did you handle going to Howard U and at the same time you was kicking an intern over at MCA? I mean, and I be asking my, 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 myself the same question a lot, you know what I'm saying? Cause I mean, I had did to, you come back every weekend or? That was every week, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, so I had to get, I had to like leave school, miss school for two days, have somebody take the notes and stuff. And um, 
and you know, keep on trying to stay in school and, and still trying to pursue my dream, you know what I'm saying? So I think I really got through it by like the help of God, my family, friends, and my mom, you know what I'm saying? And how, you know, how would they really supported me, you know what I'm saying? Okay, now how did you pick up the internship? Um, I, I threw Heavy D. Heavy I grew up at home, then I moved to Mount Vernon. Okay. And so Heavy D was like one of my friends. Alright. So um, I told him I was interested in working. After doing other internships with WBLS and doing other type of internships, I said I, I really um, I really would like to work with Uptown. After I saw that Uptown's kicking the video, I never knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. When I saw like a young black man, you know what I'm saying, like, like, like kind of running things, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to do. Alright, so you so feel real good. I kind of pursued Uptown and I got lucky enough, you know, to be able to get an internship to get a chance to prove myself. Okay, so you feel real good like about, you know, black enterprises and the whole thing because there's not many labels out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's what made me, I mean, at the time, Death Jam and Rush, of course, was the biggest yeah. shit, you know what I'm saying? But, um... But, but this was a black man who was in a video and he was at the table and he was signing the contract yeah. and he was he was controlling everything, you know what I'm saying? I hear that. <laughs> um, uh, I understand that you danced in some videos. Who videos did you dance in? Fine Young Cannibals, Dougie Fresh, Bob MC, Stacey Lattisaw. Which Dougie Fresh video did you dance in? Summertime. Summertime, okay. Yeah. Um, so you did some of everything, such as dancing, DJing. Um, now, when you were at the time dibbling and dabbling everything, doing a mix. I mean, was it one that you had like a steady gig with? You know, get paid off of like DJing or something like that. Excuse me, say what you said again. Like when you first started out, when you were like 19, when you was dibbling and dabbling with like the dancing and the DJing. Yeah, no, I didn't have no steady job. I was hustling. I was throwing parties on how, and I was 18 at the time. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying I was like throwing parties. No, I was 17 at the time. Yeah, I was throwing parties on Howard's campus and all that. You know, that was like my job, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Okay. What type of thing uh, do you look for in an artist when you're about to sign them? I look, I look for, I, I try to fill a void in the marketplace. I try to give the people something that's not already there. You know what I'm saying? I try to make something special. I take this I take this job like it's not really business to me. It's, it's personal, you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. It's something that I love to do. It's something that I feel God blessed me with a gift. So I don't take it as like in the business aspect, well, I want to make this person because somebody else has this person, this person's selling. I try to make something new that's going to have an urgency in the marketplace that's going to be important to young kids, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so you pretty much Images from Mary J. Blige yeah. and Jodeci, the boots and yeah, heavy D. And all that. Okay. Um. Let's see. How this is all you, last uh, minute. Come about the image. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I work hands on. I work real hands on with the artists. It's not like I say, "Hey, you wear this." You know what I'm saying? Uh, I talk to them, see what they're about. You know what I'm saying? Then we sit down together, and, I, and we kind of like plot out the image together. Okay. Uh, what's the favorite your favorite project that you worked on? Uh, as far as music production. As far as music production. Yeah. I think the remixes for Jodeci. Production out there, like all the remixes for Jodeci. And the Mary J. Blige album, I mean, all the production I've done, I mean, those, those, out of all the production I've done, those are the two where it was, it was um, you know what I'm saying, my, my, my creativeness was really stimulated like, through the artist. Mm. Okay. Uh, 
did you ever want to quit in the beginning when you were struggling? No, no, never even crossed my mind. Never crossed your mind. <laughs> okay. Um, what prompted you to sign the 1992 Source Unsigned Hype, um, Biggie Smalls? What turned you on about him? Um, the guy that worked there named Maddie. Yeah, Maddie. Yeah. He, he, he's the one that, you know, kind of hooked me up and was kind of responsible for me knowing about Biggie Smalls to get me the demo tape. Okay. Um, now, what does Bad Boys Entertainment consist of? Tell me a little bit about your company. It's a multifaceted entertainment company which consists of artists, um, management, producer management, video production, mer um, merchandising and styling, and also a record label. We manage Heavy D at the time, that's one of the big names that you, I mean, that's one of the names that you would know. Um, as well as from the management, producers we work with are Jesse Wilson, we, um, we, we, we do work with, with Tony Dofat, we represent him on occasions, but we don't have an exclusive management to him. Okay. That sounds good. Alright, hold on there. Hello? Yeah. Yeah! Legendary classic shit with G. Breed and my man Puff D. Yeah, yeah, that was January 5th. 1993 on a cold, dreary-looking day. I remember that. Where too. were you at? Were you in the city or were you up I was north? At, I was in Buffalo. I was sitting here and I was sitting at the kitchen table. That's where that interview took place. Mm -hmm. At the kitchen table, Classic. speakerphone there. Yeah. So yeah, that was that. That was my interview with Puff from back then. That was about a year or so before everything started really popping for him and the whole bad. Boy now, situation. who were you working for at that point? Shit. Fire us for what? What you mean? Like the interview was being done on Who's Accord, which that's just something where um, you wanted to do it and you reached out to him because you had the resources to do so, or were you affiliated with a group or agency or magazine or a network where it was like, yo, go get Puff, boom, 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 we want to put this inside of our, you know, at that time, I was writing for a local paper here. It was called, well, it is called The Challenger. It's a community newspaper within the black, within the black community. Nope. That's like a local institution. They've been around since probably, I want to say the mid-50s or so, something like that, maybe early 60s. So uh, that's a whole institution here in the city. So back around that time, I was doing interviews with artists. I was doing like top 10 charts for various hip-hop releases that would come out. I also doing, was doing like concert reviews. And a lot of that shit would go in the entertainment section in the paper. So the Puff interview, <laughs> I am I'm gonna put nobody out there, but that that just I'll just say this that that came, it came out the blue. Somebody was like, "You want to talk to this dude?" I said, "Okay." I, I kind of heard of him, but you know how it was back then. I really didn't know who he was. I remember him dancing or something like that, and that was that. So yeah, because your questions seem a little more like. They were real questions, but it was kind of like, all right, so uh, yeah, who you dance You know, they were like the write on questions. Remember Write On Magazine? Because I didn't know too much about them. So every, I, I think, <laughs> I think with, look, so with the interview, a lot of that interview was based off the mm -hmm. press release. I don't even think I got a full press junket. It was just a press release Damn. saying this is what he's doing and this is what he's trying to do. And I pushed it off of that and gathered what I could on because you didn't have the internet back then. So, you know. If you had a couple of 12 right. laying around or something, okay, I may have known who he was from that. And, 
you know, we knew about partying bullshit and stuff like that, but that was pretty much that. So yeah, that was that was January '93, and during that time period, also I was working for Groove a Lot Records up in Toronto, and uh, that's that's when I was dealing with the award-winning Ghetto Concept, who won back-to-back Juno awards. So I had a lot going on back then. And then I was doing street promotions, and I think for like Rap Sheet, and then a couple months after that interview, that's when I started rap working. Sheet. Rap a lot, yeah. yeah. Rap, rap Sheet was out of California, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot going on back then. Good old days. The good old days. The good mm-hmm. old days. So good interview, man. You got some classic material right there, bro. And that's one. I mean, a lot of the other shit I got to dig up. Like a lot of the audio stuff got lost because they were recorded on like old promo. Like that one right there was recorded on an old promo tape from a label. Like some mm-hmm. the record labels just sitting tons and tons and tons of shit. So I had to take some of those tapes and tape. Interviews over the actual albums, so that's why I want to sound like sound. Yeah, yeah, that's an old one. But mm-hmm. I got interviews with Killer Mike, Raz, Kaz. Um, I interviewed Jodeci too. I interviewed, and I don't have the audio version of it, but I had to go to the library and find it. But like Jodeci and so many people, man, so many people, man. But you know, that's another story for another day. So that's yeah. the end of that right there. Uh, what's next this week? We ain't really got nothing to talk about with that one. So, on that note, what I think we will do is dish right here. That's right, y'all. So we're back in here with another edition of Teacher Sex right here on the Scramble Life Podcast, episode number 19. So this week, we'll start off with this young lady right here out in the beautiful state of Arkansas. Okay. Arkansas teacher called having sex with a 14-year-old student now pregnant by him. No way. So Brittany Gray, a 23-year-old Paragould, Arkansas. Where the hell is Paragould? Gotta look that one up. P A R A G O U L D. P A R A G O U L D, Arkansas woman, who was caught having sex with a 14 year old boy, is now pregnant with the teen's child. So basically, on March 1st, Gray was arrested in connection to her alleged sex assault of the unarmed teen, or unnamed teen, rather. I can't read. Uh, it's reported. Oh, oh damn! You were coming in there strapped up. <laughs> Unnamed teen. It's reported the two were in a year-long sexual relationship, which has now resulted in her getting pregnant. Per court documents, a witness called into the state's child abuse hotlines in February 2020 reported that the teen was in a sexual relationship with Gray. Uh, the witness told law enforcement about the relationship and confirmed the woman is pregnant with the teen's child. Uh, and his medical, medical records also supported the claims. 
the documents oh, also <laughs> yeah, the documents also state that quote video footage was obtained showing the alleged victim and the alleged offender entering the hospital together during a recent visit uh, to the emergency room. After a second witness mm -hmm. called into the hotline, an affidavit was created and Arkansas Green County District Court Judge Daniel Stidman signed off to arrest a pregnant Gray on one count of fourth-degree sexual assault, which is a felony, in connection to her illicit relationship with the teen. On Thursday, March 4th, Gray posted a $5,000 bond and was released. Now due back in court on April 23rd. So she got to go back to court for that one. Sure, that's her situation. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. So this one was 23. She was young. But you look at her, though. <laughs> she out there in Arkansas just doing all types of stuff. Yeah, that's almost the Midwest. That's like Midwest, Mississippi, Missouri. That's like the backwoods yeah. right there. Yeah, Arkansas is crazy. I got an Arkansas story. I was driving through there going to Texas one time. And I'll never mm -hmm. forget I was driving. And it was dark, like just dark country, Arkansas Road or something. The cop didn't pull out of nowhere. He been following me. You know what he did? He turned his what lights on. It's like a movie. The lights just went. They just came on. Oh, wait a minute. You talking about his regular driving lights? He was following me with no lights on the car. Oh, man. He's crazy, That's just man. crazy. <laughs> That's some scary Twilight Zone shit. Yeah, so he turned the lights on, and then he just went around me, like, after a minute or so, following me with the lights on. That, that was crazy. But, yeah, that's my Arkansas story. I'm digressing here. but He ain't pull you over, he though? Did, no, he did not pull me over. No. But he showed up was following me. What's this teacher's name? This is What's this teacher's name again? Brittany Gray. It's spelled kind of different. B-R-I-T-T-I-N-I -I -I Gray. 23 years old. Brittany Gray. 23 year old. He's supposed to have this stuff in front of him, y'all. I ain't gonna say Damn, that. she don't look 23. Yeah, she look like like she might be on, on the track. Yeah, she look older than 23. I mean, damn, I know some 23-year-olds, but she look goddamn 40-something. <laughs> yeah, she do. Yeah, boy, what you going through? You know, getting arrested, fucking around with 14-year-olds. So that's that one right there. So we got another situation here. If we got time, I'm going to go through this one, and then we're going to hit you with the finale. I'll, I'll try to run through this one real quick, maybe. Hold on a second. All right, we ain't going to go through that one. We're going to go with this one right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hold on to your seats for this one. Teacher's assistant accused of filming him self performing sex acts with a dog. Oh, oh, oh brother, brother, stop it. Say that again for the people that wasn't paying attention. Teacher's assistant accused of filming himself performing sex acts with dog. So this all went down in Columbia, South Carolina. So like I said before, we, we also highlight other people that that work in the schools. You know, you got your janitors, you got your guidance counselors, security. We, we featured a security guard like two episodes ago, I think. So this is a teacher assistant, and for those that don't know, over here in America, we have assistants or teacher aides. 
which aren't like teachers, but they help out classes or they'll fill in for a teacher that may have got sick sick that day or something like that. So this guy right here is out of Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, the Lexington County Sheriff's Department arrested a teacher's assistant accused of filming himself performing sex acts with a dog. On Tuesday, deputies say they arrested 34-year-old Kevin Christopher Billups hours after receiving a video link which allegedly showed him engaged in a sexual act with a dog. Do you imagine that? The Post and Curia reports he worked in Richland School District 2. All right, we received uh, the first video associated with the dog in the form of an anonymous tip Tuesday morning. Uh, Lexington County Sheriff Jay Coon said investigators immediately got a search warrant for Billups' home and found evidence linking his home with that video. We also found an external hard drive, here we go, containing hundreds of images and videos of child pornography. Man, man, so according to authorities, Billups faces eight counts of buggery. It doesn't say burglary, it says buggery. I don't even know what that means. What what is buggery? Buggery? How do you even spell that? What hold the hell on, is hold buggery? Let me, let me look that up. Let me look that up right quick. Buggery. buggery. How do you spell it? Buggery is a noun. What does buggery mean? Uh, let's see. What does buggery? Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Buggery definition. Merriam uh, Webster Dictionary. Sodomy. Oh, wow. So buggery is sodomy. So he sodomized the dog this thing? Let's get back to the story here. Wow, man, this dude is crazy. According to authorities, Billups faces eight counts of buggery, so that's sodomy, and eight counts of third-degree sexual exploitation of a minor. Well, wait a minute. So, a minor? Hold on. They, I thought we were talking about a dog. How did no, the, where did the minor because they from? said they found images and videos, so I was thinking it was just some images and videos he may have found online or whatever, but they're saying... They're doing a third degree sexual exploitation of a minor. So I guess all the videos he made those too. Along with the dog. Like he's just a dog nigga, for lack of a better term. Oh man. So yeah, he's out there doing that. So based on information he provided to us uh during an interview, uh and the evidence collected from his home, uh we arrested him and transported him to the Lexington County Detention Center. Coon said the dog involved in the case has been relocated is in the care of an animal rescue organization. <laughs> that ain't funny, man. Stop that. Well, <laughs> that better come after me. <laughs> that ain't funny. This dog has been relocated. Hey, yo. 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 Oh, shit. No, nah, that's not right. This is wrong. Listen, Peter, Peter, whatever. Listen, I love animals. Please, man. This is not meant to be a laughing matter, but I mean the statement. It, it says the dog has been relocated as if this dude is, yo, he's got to register as a sex offender then. Yes, he does. <laughs> the dog involved in this case has been re relocated. And is in the care once again of the animal rescue organization. So they rescued this dog. So he, this dog is sitting there with dogs that have been burnt, beat up, drowned almost, 
left in the cold, mangled, uh, everything. And he's a sexual assault victim. <laughs> so, G, oh, my God. So, G, G, let me ask you. So, they saying the dog, he, the, I guess the dog was residing with this dude? I don't know, man. Officials say buggery is a felony offense punishable up to five years in prison and or a fine or not less than $500. And third-degree sexual exploitation of a minor is a felony which carries a penalty of up to 10 years in prison. And they said this is still an ongoing investigation. Hold on, you just said 10 years in prison? Is that That's for the child pornography, I guess. It gotta be. It gotta be. But the dog, I guess the dog might just I'm sure it won't be a misdemeanor. I don't know. I mean, how would you? Wait a minute, man. Can you? We understand the kid part, but we gonna focus. <laughs> hey, come talking about two charges here the child stuff ain't funny but i don't no, know he, not. He, he might get a charge for the dog thing so if you ever want to keep up with this case his, his name once again is kevin christopher billups out there in lexington county sheriff's department in uh lexington wherever the fuck he's at so you can check that out so that's the end of this week's edition of teacher sex Michael Vick's lawyer, get him. I know, right? Call him up. <clears throat> so that's the end of that one. So I, I put up a piece earlier this week, and we didn't really not going to go into the story too much. And like I said, L's been basking in the glow of popularity the last 48 to 72 hours with his videos, so he don't have this in front of him. But uh, the U.S. life expectancy by states. So somebody put a chart together. CDC put it together. And they're talking about uh, the states with the longest and shortest life expectancies, according to the CDC. So the way they have it set up here is you live longer in the states that are darker. So on this map I'm looking at, the darker states is California, Minnesota, and New York. I don't understand about New York, but they say New York. So those are the darkest states, the darkest states. I think Massachusetts is one of the dark states, too, along with Rhode Island and Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what you think about that? They say you can live longer if you live in New York State. <laughs> uh, I mean, it depends because it's a very big state. They ain't that. talking about the five boroughs. Right, right, they, right. They ain't right, right. talking about Long Island because... They got to be talking about upstate somewhere, maybe Syracuse, Albany, you know, places like that. Yeah. Because it's a beautiful state. It's mountainous, oh, yeah. you know. And the Rondettes. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure that, you know, just as far as demographic and geographical location within the state, that is that is possible because, you know, as we all know, the five boroughs has a lot of violence. Oh, yeah. To say the least. A lot of violence. So you some know? of the states. Yeah. 
that were lighter in color <clears throat> was odd to me. So you got West Virginia and Mississippi. <clears throat> and those were the lightest of the colors. So you, you, you live in those two states, you have a shorter life expectancy. And then right in between there, you have like Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, Kentucky. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, Oklahoma, Arkansas, <laughs> Arkansas. We just talk about Arkansas and Louisiana. So mm-hmm. yeah, those those that's those southern areas, and then right up there close to us, with the, the where you can live longer. You got Oregon, you got Washington State, and and that. So I I just wanted to put that in here because that's like a thought thing right there. I also heard something before where. I think it's something that connects with your birth date and something in your soul or something, something you, sh- you might want to consider li- living in certain parts of the country. You could look that up mm. online, but it's a, yeah. So if you live in, you're just connected with whatever the fuck in your soul, you should live in Florida mm-hmm. and you'll have a better and a healthier life. The information is out there. You could check it out, man. So that's that. Uh, so that's Good information. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit of something, a little bit of something right there. So that's pretty much that right there. We did the teacher sex. We really don't even have no nightclub violence this week. That shit is pretty much done. I need. I support fine. for that. Clap for that. That's excellent. Come on, yeah, baby. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. yeah. <laughs> no nightclub violence. Nothing too much going on. With double up violence. next week. I know, right? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. that's pretty much the show for this week. And what I think I'm going to do on this note is we're going to end it with a joint vibe. Bud Beats and Rilo the Pimp. And this track is called Anywhere. Once again, Scramble Life Podcast, episode number 19. You can always hit us up at thescramblelife at gmail.com. We're going to get out of here a little something like this, y'all. Peace. Peace.
I'm in love with the clouds. 575 miles from style. We don't go and chase bags, yeah, we get it in piles. You done came a long way, girl, you're making me proud. I know you had a long day, I'm just making you smile. You say the little things count, I'm just breaking it down. In the wood, it's all good, I know they hating us now. Me and you, we can do it, yeah, we taking the town. But you not making a sound. I just seen a little shoddy peeping game way over there. Meet me halfway, baby, hit me with the stare. We ain't gotta linger, baby, take it over there. I hit the west side, you know we good everywhere. We good everywhere.